It's Tuesday the 13th of December 2016, I am Robin Yellow, and this is Tectasm episode 39, One Car, One Truck, One Robot, and an Abandoned Bus. And with me again, because nobody is so into cars, is James Woodall. Interesting, interesting intro. Uh, How are you, sir? Very good, yes, very good. I've recovered from last week's illness. Well, okay. it was actually two weeks ago, wasn't it? Because we didn't broadcast last week. No, we didn't. But Nobody that's good. Nobody missed us. Nobody missed us. Well, James, this week we're going to be taking a look at Amazon's new grocery stores, Toyota's new one-person electric vehicle, and a falafel delivering robot. And we'll be judging these stories and some others to tell you if they are a tectasm. A blend of tech for technology and tasm for phantasm, something that exists only in a person's mind. So without further Turkish food, let's get on with the show. So Roger Fingas in Apple Insider has written about a new type of store that Amazon is opening up, you know, famous for online shopping and so forth. So they're branching out into bricks and mortar, which doesn't make any sense to me. Um, Amazon Go. Um, Interestingly enough about this particular convenience store that they are unveiling, um, there will be no checkouts. You can walk into the shop, pick up what you want, walk out, and somehow Amazon know about this and will bill you on your Amazon account. What do you? What kind of? What kind of food? What uh, is it? F- a food store or yeah, what is it? It's a food store. The initial concept is the size of a convenience store, um, and um, yeah, that's basically uh, that, that's bas- basically it. So you can do your weekly shop without having to engage with any humans. So, well, but um, they're, well, they're, how does it work, James? Um, what they're saying in this article is that there's going to be sensors and various. AI technologies, and we all know that can mean a million different things, um, to effectively determine what people are taking off the shelves. And the idea being that it will trust you um, enough to walk in, pick stuff up, walk out, and then everyone knows what's going on. So various technologies. So it's not, I mean, are we talking about having an RFID tag in each, in the packaging? It doesn't go into that kind of detail, but they'd have to to figure out something, right? Because... um, People are going to try and figure out a way around it. I or mean, is it a little bit like that, you know, mini bars in hotels where when you remove something, there's a sensor underneath, a weight sensor or whatever it is, which charges you when you, you sort of disrupt stuff? Is it? Do you think it'd be that kind of thing? Uh, possibly. And that sounds really expensive, though, on that kind of scale. Um, well, it depends, doesn't it? It's a bit like a lunch-o-mat, isn't it, really, with perhaps people, you know, feeding things in from behind a sort of service wall where you can pick your sandwich and your drink and your salad and you know whatever it is yeah that's true hmm. well i guess we'll have to see i mean i'm going to seattle in a few months so i will have to have a look i mean uh, what what they're saying though it's open today to amazon workers only it's going to reach the public in early 2017 but but they're actually aiming for 2000 of their own grocery stores which is, I mean, an, another format that they're looking at is um, a drive-through, whereby you can buy your shopping in advance, mm. um, drive in, you know, you'll pick it all up and then drive out. I mean, yeah, well, they sort of have that kind of thing really at Tesco's, don't they? Yes. With, with click and collect, where you order your food online, 
and then in, and to save yourself the delivery charge, you actually drive to the store through a sort of drive-through where at an appointed time your shopping is held in a in a in a sort of well, at our local Tesco's, it's like a van yeah. where all the bags of shopping are held. You drive up, pop up the boot, and you know just transfer the stuff across. Yeah, I never saw the point of that. Because oh, you, yeah, but you, you, the advantage of that is you can exactly pick the time that you want to pick it up. So you don't have to wait in for an hour or two hours to, for the delivery person to arrive. You exactly pick the time, um, turn up, and it's there. So I think what happens is, you know, there are one-hour slots um, where, where your, your groceries are available for pickup. And you, if, as long as you arrive at any point during that hour you can time it to suit yourself. So, actually, if you're out and about, it's really convenient. Okay, I'll have to give it a go. I'll have to give it a go. But um, so on, on this Amazon thing, I mean, isn't it really interesting how they've kind of they've gone from internet giant to um, kind of disrupting retail as we, as we know it? I'm not sure this is going to disrupt retail. So one of the things, for example, you can also do at Tesco's and uh, other supermarkets are available, I think Waitrose do it as well, and I know Sainsbury's do, is where you get a self-scan. Have you seen these? Where you actually pick a scanning device, scan the groceries as you put them into your trolley, and then walk out. And I think, you know, they reserve the right to check your stuff on the way out but pretty much you know it's a frictionless payment experience you have to be a member of the scheme obviously for it to work well how much more frictionless than that can you get all what they're saying here is you've got no tills well that sounds like the same thing i think what they're saying is you don't have to scan either um yeah uh, correct you don't have to scan it's everything kind of figures itself out and you just sort of walk out yeah, well, I, I'm interested to see I, anything to take the friction out of the shop, shopping experience. You know, in, the, in this particular case, of course, the, the technology doesn't have to be perfect because they can afford to lose a few quid, you know, people nicking stuff or whatever, or it bringing up the wrong amount. As long as, you know, in the round, it's, it's, it's roughly correct. Um, so, yeah, I'd love to see it. I don't know whether it's a tectasm, though, is it? I'm not, I'm not too sure either, I guess... Because it's just for Amazon workers, I guess, and they're never going to say anything bad publicly. Um, I, I guess we'll have to see until until the first ones are open early next year. Can't call it then, James. Can't call it. Let's move on. Well, let's see if you can call this one. Toyota have launched a Tron light cycle. Okay. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> it's real. Now, apparently this is going to be the next big thing in global ride sharing. Uh, and it's already plying the streets of Grenoble in France, according to Fars Company. Now, it's kind of part bumper car, part Tron light cycle, and it's called Toyota's Electric iRoad. Now, to describe this, it's like a three-wheeler, one-person pod, where as it goes round the corner, it sort of tilts over, and the kind of offside wheel pushes down, and the nearside wheel pushes up, so it kind of... It allows the the device to tilt um, completely electric. um, And there are pickup points around Grenoble where you can rent these iRoads, similar to what Zipcar does. Um, And it showcased apparently at the Los Angeles Auto Show in November. It's about two and a half meters long and about a meter wide. And it goes 35 miles an hour. It's got a roof. So it can survive the rain, little windscreen wiper on the front. Um, and it's steered with the rear tyre. 
Wow. <laughs> Haven't we seen this? Isn't this very similar to the Renault Twizy? <laughs> it's it's very bright, isn't it? Well, it certainly comes in a range of primary colours. Um, it's really interesting. Uh, I'd love to try it. Um, I, I don't. It, it's, it's definitely safer than those cycle uh, cycling. I mean, especially if you go around London and you see people on the Boris bikes. Um, they are definitely taking their life in their hands. So I can certainly see that this would be safer. And the fact that it's electric as well is great. So, Well, it protects you from the weather, of course. I mean, to, to, to state the obvious, it's, it, because presumably it's very light and it's electric, it's, you know, it's probably going to have a decent range. It's clearly for urban commuting, the kind of thing that you would do on a moped or a small motorcycle, but perhaps with a bit more comfort. As for it sort of tilting over as it go round, goes round corners, provided the mechanism is safe, which I assume it is. I mean, I, I've got no reason to suppose that that mechanism isn't safe because you can already see three-wheeler scooters, which have got the same two front two wheels on the front configuration. Yeah. Um, at, with the electric motor, you know, maybe it's got a little heater in there and the windscreen wiper. I think it'd be quite fun. It'll certainly be interesting. I mean, I'm guessing the centre of gravity is very low. I mean... Because of the batteries, yeah, batteries are going to are going to weigh it down. Because I'm looking yes. at the uh, the headline picture that they've got at the top of the article, and I my immediate thought was that's going to tip over, um, but I, I mean clearly it won't. But uh, well, if you play the video, um, it you can see that it very happily goes around corners. There's clearly you know there's a steering wheel in it, and as the driver turns the steering wheel, it tilts over perfectly naturally, perhaps, you know, in the same way that a motorcycle would do it. So, you know, I, I think it it's probably quite safe. I mean, would you drive one? Um, yeah, yeah I'd, I'd give it a go. I'm, I'm looking at the video now. It, um, it seems pretty smooth. It looks quite advanced for a prototype. So um, I think they, this design has been knocking around for a couple of years. And now they've obviously got the first pre-production devices out in test markets. I wonder if you could buy them because I'd drive that to work. Well, exactly. I mean, you can buy a Renault Twizy right now for a couple of grand, like £5,000. Really? And it's enclosed, same kind of principle. It's got four wheels. It's an enclosed electric device which maybe goes 40 miles an hour and does, you know, 50 miles of range. They're very cheap. Uh, they're not enclosed, so... Um, the Twizy particularly has to be open on the sides, I think, for... Uh, for It doesn't have heating. Uh, I think for taxation reasons, to make it a motorcycle or a quadricycle or something, uh, it can't okay. be completely enclosed. Whereas this one does look completely enclosed. Uh, whether it's got a heater, I don't know. But as a sort of segment, these personal transportation devices obviously are very green because you're carrying less weight. Yeah, that's... I haven't seen the twizzy in anything kind of real before i'm looking at the at the uh, at the website now I, well we've got a twizzy running around the town where i live really yeah 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 i regularly see them and in fact sometimes i've seen them on motorways they're technically not allowed on motorways but i have seen them um and they're quite funky you know i don't know anybody who's who actually owns one um but you know after you get over the initial shock um, it, you know, it looks quite good. I'm not sure um, my wife would let me have one, though. Yeah, well, uh, I think I would probably be disowned as well. But uh, no, hey, really interesting concept. I uh, I look forward to seeing it in real life.
I'm going to call it a tectasm, though, because I just don't think they will penetrate in numbers. One, it's an electric vehicle, which means it's, you know, there's relatively low demand in the grand scheme of things. And two, it makes you look like a pillock. <laughs> OK, well, let's, <laughs> let's move on. Um, Tom Mendelssohn in uh, my favourite website, Ars Technica, has uh, written about a company called Nikola which um, refers to themselves as the Tesla of trucks. Well, Nikola Tesla. And it's uncanny, isn't it? It um, is. Yeah, so this, this particular company has been focusing on electric hydrogen fuel cell uh, trucks um, to tackle the cargo freight market because, obviously, right now, there's probably tens, 20,000 lorries just driving around the UK at this second with lots and lots of goods and services and you know whatever on the back. And... Um, it's really expensive and the amount of diesel and whatever we've discussed on the past how we both dislike diesel so this company here has come to the answer with uh, these particular trucks that can supposedly do 1,200 miles on a charge when they get that released. is a long way it's a long way when they get released in 2020 but to solve the problem of range anxiety the company is also funding 364 hydrogen fueling stations across the US and Canada starting in 2018. These guys right, so as a hydrogen fuel cell, of course, it fills up with hydrogen, uh, <clears throat> which is very light. Uh, I think five kilograms of hydrogen will take you in the Mirai Toyota hydrogen fuel cell car will take you 250 miles. Wow, that's uh, that's pretty impressive. Well, um, what, what, what they're saying, it gets better. Um, and maybe I'm jumping the gun here on Tectasm question or not, but supposedly they've already sold, or they've got reservations, sorry, for nearly $3 billion worth of orders. Do you know, uh, when you told me this in the pre-show, I was very surprised that it was that much. In the intervening 15 minutes, I've had a chance to calm down. Yeah. And do you know, I'm not surprised, actually, because it's almost the perfect system for trucking. The weight of hydrogen, the number of miles you can get per kilogram, means that you could have a massive tank. The problem is on the Toyota Mirai, the containment system for hydrogen. Hydrogen leaks like nobody's business. It's very difficult to contain. So therefore, while you've only got five kilograms of hydrogen stored inside your Mirai to get your 250 miles, the containment system is 55 kilos. Well, um, so that means, but but of course, if you've got a massive truck, you can build a quite a big, heavy containment system and store a lot of hydrogen in it. So, twelve hundred miles between between refueling. How does that compare to a regular truck? Um, I, well, it certainly isn't isn't that, is it? I mean, you know, um, let's have a look. Distance of regular truck. So that's my awesome googling. Yeah, screen. well, that's what the, that's what the searchable database is for. Because I tell you what occurs to me is that actually, if you think about it, and you know, I always say this, James, that an electric vehicle is very simple. It's got no lubrication. It's got one moving part. Doesn't have a gearbox. Yeah, pretty much, it's going to go forever. Yeah, it should do. I mean, there should, things shouldn't go wrong with it if it's engineered correctly. Yeah. So, as a system, I mean, when you're if you're in the world of commerce, your commercial truckers are just in. How much does it cost? How much does it cost to service? How long can it go before I have to throw it away? 
And of course, you combine this with the fact that a lot of cities are going to start introducing legislation which will prevent trucks from going anywhere near them, diesel trucks particularly. Yes. Um, I'm I am not surprised. It's it's brilliant. I mean, this company to me anyway has kind of come out of nowhere. I'm just looking here. Um, in the U.S., a truck with a 300-gallon tank, and that's a pretty big tank anyway, can go yeah. 1,500 to 2,000 miles, depending on the load. So ah. this is this is competitive to that, which is pretty yes. good. But what's interesting is, actually, the price of the fuel is included in the cost of leasing the truck. Oh, I mean, okay. this is going to be a game-changer in the cargo industry. I mean, that is, you know, they've they've wiped out the emissions problem. Because, of course, the emissions yep. of hydrogen is, well, it's water. water. So, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, and they've, um, they're solving the fueling station problem because they're building 364 of them. The company is going to be around because they've managed to get $3 million worth of pre-orders or reservations. Um, it's, it's really, really impressive stuff. Well, of course, the fuel cell complicates matters a little bit in that that has to have a pump and a catalyst. Uh, to work so that's going to make it a little bit more complicated for example than a battery electric vehicle but i i really like this um i don't think this is a tech tasm no, but let me i'll tell you james let me ask you about do you like falafel <laughs> i've been known to are you a falafel fan a falafel fan i wouldn't say fan i'm i, I guess aficionado Aficionado. Okay. Well, Engadget reported this week that Just Eat have started delivering takeaways by Autonomous Robot. Now, the online ordering company Just Eat has been working with Starship Technologies, great name, since July, testing the last mile delivery robots in Greenwich, London. Now, there's a picture here in the article. It looks like a... I mean, how would you describe it, James? Um... It's a bit like a child's buggy in a way, but without the the handles. I don't know. I can't. Oh no! It's like I, a, I know it's like it's like a cool box with wheels. Yeah, perfect. A cool box with six wheels, quite big. I would say what a meter long. Yeah, about a meter that. and a half. Yes, yeah, so a meter long, something like that. Well, the first apparently unknowing customer in Greenwich successfully received their falafel and lamb cutlets from a local. Turkish eatery. Now, while customers actually can't choose a robot as their preferred delivery option, um, the, what Just Eat is saying is that they'll increasingly be using this technology to deliver food. Um, good idea, James? It is really good, but I mean, you know, not to, not to uh, kind of piss on the barbecue here, but um, <laughs> it does say halfway down this article that these kind of things have been run elsewhere, even if they've only been trials, pilots, and pure PR stunts. Um, so I don't, I don't. I mean, I've got some really practical questions in my head, which is, how does it cope with traffic lights? You know, if it's on the pavement, what happens if somebody kicks it over? You know, because hey, we're in the UK after all. Um, I mean, what what happens? What's what's going on here? Well, you're right to ask all those questions. And, of course, it's dependent on people not messing with it. And, of course, they're going to mess with it. You know, if there isn't a human following it or watching it. I suppose there's no reason why you put, couldn't put cameras on it, is there? Well, yeah, sure. But, come on. I mean, CCTV hasn't stopped idiots. 
Um, well, that's true, but I suppose if it's actually got you know a 360 fisheye camera on it and somebody interferes with it, well, you've got the perfect record. You know exactly where it was. You can tap into. I mean, it's the it'd be the easiest thing to track down the assailant. No, no, sure, sure. But if you're the person on the receiving end of those particular lamb cutlets and falafel, um, just because someone's recorded the fact that your takeaway was stolen doesn't doesn't solve you. Doesn't help you when no. you're when you're hungry and angry at the same time. Yeah, uh, my, my my wife calls that hangry. Yes, good good word. Well, let me tell you, the company was created by two of the Skype co-founders. This is Starship uh, Robot, Starship Technologies. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, uh, it thinks that this robot can be used to ferry goods from local sorting centres, shops, uh, restaurants, in the case of Just Eat, without human intervention. Now, this last mile autonomous solution... Um, I think we're going to see more of these, you know, not just because that's the kind of thing you saw in the iRobot movie, uh, but because, of course, robots are potentially cheaper and more reliable than humans. Um, Especially, you know, that's why all the investment is going into autonomous cars, because they're going to be cheaper to run. Uh, Yeah, it's really interesting. I've not decided if it's real or not, though. Okay. Right, well, um, final story, just a quick one here, a bit of an amusing one here from Richard Lai in uh, Engadget. Do you remember the elevated bus that we spoke about in China? I must What's happened to it? Ten, ten episodes or so ago. Well, uh, it turns out it's been abandoned for months. <laughs> um, their single investor um, has been facing some significant financial issues. Uh, this wealth management fund that they've been, uh, and I refuse to pronounce the name of that fund, um, and effectively, uh, the fund itself has been accused of illegal fundraising plus fake credit rating. So that's always good. Um, and basically, um, there's been a 300 meter test track being laid that has been sitting dormant for three or four months. And it's been upsetting the locals because it was built on a real road. And um, so a road that was perfectly good and six lanes is now down to three lanes. Um, and there's this kind of elevated bus that's sitting there doing nothing so uh not really not really very good i think we said this was a tectasm we called it didn't we we, we called it a tectasm said this is ridiculous there are too many problems with it i kind of wanted it to work but of course it's a tectasm now in this particular case they just got unlucky and i think they probably did this press launch i mean it's a pr vehicle if ever i saw one to see if there was any serious interest from anyone in actually using it um, and clearly there wasn't because everybody had the same reaction that we did which was what are they smoking <laughs> yes 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 and if they're not they should be um this uh yeah so i guess it's like it's always a shame when technology doesn't make it but um according to this article all of the engineers have left um, and um, effectively the company is kind of gone. Engadget ends with saying this is just as good as dead. So well, some things are meant to be left in a big pile of rust. And that's all we have time for this week. Find us at facebook.com slash techtasm, subscribe in the usual places and contact us at feedback at techtasm.com. We record most weeks at about this time, so look out next week for our final show of the year. We're going to do a review, aren't we? Yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, well, this is me, Sir Robin Yellow. And me, James Woodall. Asking the question, is it real or is it just a 